The Minnesota Vikings haven't lost a game by more than eight all year. They haven't lost a no. game by more than all year. Don't do now it. we get them at home. Don't I got do the purple it. fever. Listen, the, the purple fever, the, this this is my vaccine for purple Don't fever. This is my it. booster. This is my booster. On black bat stats in the pocket hole, squad fast cash. Send the bookie, tell him bring it from the bag. No, we coming for the bag. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the few in attendance and the thousands listening around the world, let's get ready to gamble. My name is Tony Cavallo. As always, I'm joined by Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookston, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, and we are the West Coast Gamblers, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network and the only gambling show that makes you money. And we are into week 16. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. If you're watching on the Gaming Society YouTube channel, you can see I got the very festive hat on. Dangles is always in his Patriots gear, and Drew still can't be seen in the desk that has no desk lamp. But we are here for the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We are here for the show. We will be making a bunch of bets on the Week 16 slate, a Thursday night lean, a Sunday night lock, the King of the Coast section, where we each give out five bets for the Sunday games, and also a Tuesday special that we had to creep over, move because of COVID into the Thursday edition of Gravestones, where I'm going to be in trouble because I'm going last in that t- in that game again. But Dangles, wanted to start off. You had Patriots have the big battle against Buffalo this week. I may be making a bet on that game. The AFC East is at stake. But would you know? That for the whole entire season, all of us have been giving bets after bet after bet after bet on the NFL season. And at this point of the year, the best record in King of the Coast belongs to none other than Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio. Get out of here. I swear to God. You guys, you two have been doing so well. Schaefer the Sharp had a 10 points out of 10 points last week, 17 over the past two weeks. Dangles has 15 over the past two weeks. You've both caught up to me in the King of the Coast game. But as for win-loss record... Dangles is our champion right now. Wow. All right. Hey, that's a far cry. I was a a well sub 500 better for a good portion of the first part of this season. Um, So it's good to see the arc kind of, you know, come back my way, right? Like, I I feel like I've been making good bets the last couple. I've been nailing my teasers. I got another good one that I think is going to hit this week. But that is is wonderful news to start off our Thursday show, Tony Squares. Jay for the sharp, you got all of your— And Tony, just to be clear, what's the overall— Standings with like real money bets with units involved. I was about to get to there. I know you had to jump okay. the gun because you were feeling a little less than after I complimented Dangles. God forbid, I'm trying I, this dog to should get some them. praise. <laughs> just trying to include him in the show. But Lord and Savior Schaefer the Sharp did hit all of his King of the Coast bets last week, got the full 10 points, and is now tied with myself, Tony Squares, 68, 68, and Dangles right behind us with 66. Three more weeks wow. to play, 30 points to be had over over those three weeks, and it's going to be a barn burner to the end. But first, it's time for the Thursday night lean. We're talking about a Thursday night game where one team, I mean, both of these teams are in the playoffs right now. Neither team have I, I don't think I've won a bet on any of these teams for the entirety of the season, and now I am forced <laughs> to bet upon them on Thursday night. We start off the show every week with the Thursday night lean. It's time to do it once more. Dangles, what is our week 16 Thursday night game? 
to Music City we go. Nissan Stadium on the water in Nashville. San Francisco 49ers are in town to take on the injury-depleted Titans, although maybe a bit of a bright spot here for the Titans with the return, uh, or at least expected return, of A.J. Brown. And that's a huge deal because Julio Jones is currently nursing another injury. And of course, Titans are without Derek Henry. However, they are still in first place in the AFC South at nine and five. The Niners at eight and six. Uh, the Niners are seven and seven against the spread. Tennessee eight and six against the spread. The line in this game, gentlemen, currently is three points. It's been the fluctuating between three and three and a half throughout the day as of Wednesday. And the total in this game is the legend of Syracuse, forty-four points. Shay for the Sharp, we're going to go to you first because you are 6-9 and nine on Thursday Night Leans, the worst record on My the show. My favorite number. You are 6-4 nice. and four when betting on games involving the 49ers, 5-4 and four when betting on games involving the Tennessee Titans, but three of those Titans wins came last week when you bet three yes. times on that Pittsburgh-Tennessee game and won them all. Shay for the Sharp, what do you have for this Thursday Night Lean? Well, guys, just like last week, you know, I wanted to bring our good friend Austin Huff's daughter in the world with a Titans win. That's why I promptly bet against them. And, uh, you know, it didn't work out uh, in her favor. So uh, I think I'm going back to well here. I really want her to get that first win. So naturally, what am I going to do? I'm going to take San Francisco minus three on the road um, (laughs) against these Tennessee Titans. Look, I wanted to play the Titans here. Three points. I mean, you know, by all all standards in a short week, you, you get arguably equal teams with three points. But what this line is telling me is clearly these not these teams aren't equal as it comes to week 15 in the NFL season. I should sorry, week 16, the new week 16, the, the new week 16, and the, the new week, week 16, San Francisco's won six out of the last seven games. And if you look at Tennessee, man, really on all metrics, guys on all metrics, when Derrick Henry, uh, exited that lineup, they are, a, they are a bottom 12 team in the NFL by, all, by any metric. Some of their wins, you know, Los Angeles kind of fraudulent, new Orleans kind of fraudulent where they've got dominated in the stats. And remember, this is a Houston Texans team that went into Tennessee and, and kind of dominated. So the thing with Tennessee is they can lose this game and be in complete control of their own destiny within that division with two weeks left. So San Francisco, you got a hotter team. And my God, is George Kittle not just a joy to watch as a tight end? Holy wow. hell, is he just – when he's healthy, he is just something to behold. And so my Thursday night lean officially – sorry, Ryan Hurd. Sorry, Austin Huff. San Francisco, minus three. Uh, myself, I am one and three on San Fran games, one and three on Tennessee games, but eight and seven overall on Thursday night leans. I won both of my Thursday night leans last week with the Kansas City Los Angeles Chargers game, and I'm feeling a little frisky this week. A lot of things go on with these two teams. Tennessee obviously has a bunch of wide receivers. You don't know the name of, of course, as Dangle said, A.J. Brown could come back. But otherwise, who are you going to pick when it comes to props on Tennessee's offense? There really isn't anybody. San Fran, on the other hand, they exchange players left and right like it's uh, like it's nobody's business. How many players have had a rushing attempt for San Fran this year? I, I think the number is quite up there. But one man has rushing touchdowns in the last five weeks of the season, and it's the wide receiver, Debo Samuel. So I'm taking Debo anytime touchdown, minus 110. They like to give this guy the ball when they're in the red zone, whether it's throws over the top or rushes from behind uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think he's going to get a few chances, just needs to cash one. Debo Samuel, anytime touchdown, minus 110. Dangles. 
You're nine and five on Thursday night leans. The best gambler on the show right now, record wise, six and two with San Fran games, three and three with Tennessee games. What do you have for Thursday? Well, you know, I don't think I want to touch this line. I actually, I kind of think, you know, I, I, I totally agree. San Fran is hot right now. T- Tennessee's still leading their division, though. This they're still a nine and five team. Uh, I think San Fran might be a little bit overrated heading into this matchup. I do probably lean San Fran minus three if I'm picking a side, though. I just don't trust Ryan Tannehill's ability to be a drop back passer, and obviously the play action, which is what he's best at, has taken a big hit. Missing Derrick Henry, he's only thrown for over 300 yards twice this season. He hasn't topped 200 in his last three games. Now maybe that doesn't matter if Derrick Henry's in the lineup but he's not. And especially with A.J. Brown potentially returning, the Titans have to have the pass game come alive if they're going to uh, beat this Niner team. Also of note, if you're going to ride with the Titans in some way, Taylor Lewan, the left tackle, and Roger Saffold, the left guard, are both out for this Thursday night game, which means you've got backups on the left side of that offensive line against smaller Bear Bosa. He's got 15 sacks this year. That's tied for third in the NFL. Uh, But Tony, I'm actually going to stay with the exact same player we were just talking about. I also have a Debo Samuel prop this week. Since Kyle Shanahan started drawing up plays, like really drawing up plays for him to run the ball uh, for Debo as an RB, the Niners have won five of six. The only game they lost was the Seattle game that Debo didn't play in. He's got at least five carries in each of those games that he's been in. We all know that he only really needs one to tear off a big one. I have Debo Samuel over 32 and a half rushing yards at minus 115. I think they're going to try and work him in the in the game. He obviously is a, is a curveball and and you have to you have to account for him on the field. Again, I think he could rip off this this total in just one chunk play. Debo Samuel over 32 and a half rushing yards minus 115. Dangles, I love that bet. I looked at it. Debo's hit that number in uh, five of the last six games he's played for San yeah. Fran. I was hoping there was a rushing and receiving yards number for Debo, but it wasn't available on our good friends DraftKings as of yet. But those are the three Thursday night leans. Before we get to the Sunday night lock, it's time to put one of these teams into the ground. It is time for Gravestones, and that is coming up next. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix, dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the checkered flag. All right, boys, now is the time of the show that we usually play on Tuesday, but since Roger Goodell had to move some games because people got the sniffles, it is on to Thursday with Gravestones. This is the time each week where we take a team, put them into the ground, and say they are not making the playoffs this calendar year. We have been playing this game all season long and have killed now, I believe, 13, 14 teams, hoping that at the end of the season, We have killed all of the 18 non-playoff teams and the uh, 14 remaining actually in the playoffs are still alive. The problem is 
We go in the order of how we do on the gambles the week prior. This week, Drew goes first, Dangle second, myself third, and I am in trouble because this late in the season, if Drew chooses to put a team in the ground this week, I cannot choose that same team to put into the ground. So I could be in trouble here riding the caboose. But so far this season, the graveyard is full. Jaguars, Dolphins, Jets, and Texans have all been killed by us. Lions, Giants, Bears, and Eagles have also all been killed by us. Individually, Drew, who will be going first, has killed the Steelers, the football team, the Seahawks, the Vikings, and the Saints. Dangles has killed the Broncos and the Raiders in the AFC, the Seahawks, the Falcons, and the Panthers in the NFC. Myself, I've killed the Raiders and the Broncos in the AFC, the football team, the Panthers, and somehow the San Fran 49ers who are likely making the playoffs and might screw me over in this game but hey doesn't matter the priest is calling us in it's time to go into the show it's time to sit down bow our heads and make a prayer to the gods of old and new it's time to play gravestones Rocky Mountain High Colorado what tastes good when you're high avocado higher higher than a giraffe's ass in denver straight from the horse's mouth that is gm john elway uh you know what's not a lock drew d-r-e-w take it from a drew a true drew t-r-u-e d-r-u-e mr lock d-r-e-w you are disgraced to the drew name you are not a real Drew, you are not a true Drew, and you will not lead the Broncos to the promised land because Mr. Theodore, two gloves, covers, is on the bench, and you're quarterbacking. Not going to be good. Bye-bye, Broncos. Maybe next year. To quote modern-day bard John Mayer, belief is a beautiful armor. It makes for the heaviest sword. And the sword was certainly heavy to carry this year in Believeland. After an 11-5 season and making the playoffs last year and notching a playoff win and sparking fires in the hearts of Brownies fans in Cleveland, in Ohio, and nationwide. This year, between COVID and poor play and a first overall pick who's not really shaken out like a first overall pick in the development way that you would hope. This team is in a crowded division in a crowded playoff race, and I just don't think that they have the gas left in the tank to cover down the stretch of this season. Cleveland, I'm sorry. Rock on anyway, but you will not be in the playoffs this year. While I won't be able to quote lyrics from John mayor or john legend whoever that was and while i won't be able to google search what rhymes with colorado five minutes before we go on and come up with (laughs) avocado (laughs) i will sit here and tell you (laughs) that mr unlimited has limitations and it is all over for the seattle seahawks after losing to the rams in such poor fashion dk metcalf is no good that there is no rush offense, the defense is gone, and there's injuries abound on that team. Pete Carroll is out the door, and Russ might be as well. The 12th man, no mas. Seattle, you're in the ground. 
And that is it for gravestones. West, West, West Coast Gamblers. All right, now that we've wiped ourselves clean, blessed the holy water, put some teams on the ground, it's time to talk about two teams that I guess still have playoff hopes. It's a weird Sunday night game in Week 16. Usually these are the juiciest games of the week, but this one's a little bit odd. I don't know why it's still our Sunday night game. Dangles, what do we got? Yeah, we got a divisional matchup here in the NFC East. The Washington football team, after a 10-point loss to the Philadelphia Eagles on Tuesday night football. Thank you, Dallas Goddard, by the way, for propelling me into the semifinals of my championship. I want to talk about it, football season. I know you guys probably don't want to talk about that, but I'm still alive. No. Still alive. Thank you, Dallas Goddard. Uh, Washington heads to Dallas, AT&T Stadium, Stadium to Jarrow World to take on the Dallas Cowboys. Washington 6-8, and eight, Dallas 10-4. and four. Washington 5-8-1 and one against the spread. Dallas is 11-3 and three against the spread. The line I'm looking at on this game as of right now, fellas, is 10.5 points. For the Dallas Cowboys, Washington football team, road dogs here. The totals 47 and the hook. Tony Squares, let's go to you first. What do you like on the uh, on the card here? Well, let me tell you, I haven't liked Sunday night football because I'm five and nine so far on the season on my Sunday night locks, but I have enjoyed Dallas and the football team. I'm eleven and two when betting on games involving the Dallas Cowboys. I'm seven and one when betting on games involving the football team. I'm also nine and six on unders on the season. The last two the last time these two teams played each other. The Dallas offense was struggling to move the ball against this Washington football team. If it wasn't for all the turnovers that the Dallas defense created and the points they got off those turnovers, it would have been a much closer game. I know the football team lost a bunch of people to COVID. They should be getting people back throughout the week. Who knows who's going to be playing quarterback for that team. I just think the Dallas Dallas defense is primed to make sure Washington has an awful day. And then the football team's defense, Dak has not been looking good over the past few weeks. They're still trying to find their footing, and that football team defense has come back up to where they're supposed to be. They made Philly's life more difficult than they should have, considering they were playing third stringers the whole time. Put that together, I just don't think there's a lot of points in this game. I think Dallas does just enough to win this game and move on. They know they already have the division pretty much wrapped up. They're just trying to stay healthy for the playoffs. I'm taking the under. In this game, 47.5 is the number. Dallas and football team, a prime time. Go home, make some cookies and milk, get Santa in there. It's all good here. Under 47.5. Dangles. Oh, no, let's go to Drew first because he is 8-6 and six on Sunday Night Football. Uh, Drew, what do you got for this one? Tony, you know, I like where your head's at here with this under. Uh, I'm going to have a little variation of that, but we all remember what happened a couple weeks ago uh, with um, – Mr. Dorrance Armstrong's fumble recovery off the amazing play by Randy Gregory. And and then also the Cowboys uh, a tur- a touchdown on a short field. So they had 18 points in the first quarter. And guys, after that, they didn't do anything. Yeah. They scored nine points, three field goals from Greg the leg. And, you know, I can't help but think this is a really weird week to handicap when you have a team's, team's playing on a Tuesday. <laughs> so bizarre. So the, the, the five days rest. But I can't help but think this Washington football team has to be just a little pissed off. Kind of backs against, they're getting so many players and coaches back. So I like Washington's defense here that had been playing better of late. They were a shell on Tuesday, of course, because they had no coaches and a lot of their starters out. So I do think they can slow down the Cowboys. I do agree with your overall sentiment on that under Tony, but my official Sunday night lock will be Dallas Cowboys team total under. 28 and a half. I saw that too. 28 and a half is a big number for Dallas. I just, 
it's going to be tough for me and to guys, bet against Dallas for the rest of the year. Well, but guys, you know, they, they've gone under this six out of the last eight games. And I can't help but think, I mean, they scored, they averaged three points for three quarters against the Washington football team after just jumping out to an 18 nothing lead yeah. with, again, a, a defensive touchdown and, and, and a short field touchdown. So I like this a lot. I'm going to play Dallas. 28 and a half under. Dangles, you were also five and nine on Sunday night locks. You do have the best record on the show, but Sunday night has eluded you. What do you have for this one? Well, you know, I'm going to actually ride with Dallas here, guys. I got them covering 10 and a half points here. I know it's mm. a big number, but Dallas is playing at home. They're mm. four and one over the last five years against Washington at Jarrah World. The only loss came last year when there were no fans in the stadium. Obviously, that's not going to be the case here this Sunday. They're going to be there. They're going to be loud. I think Dallas knows, not I think, I know Dallas knows they can clinch the division at home here and I think that's something they would obviously like to do and against the Washington football team like you said Tony Squares it's been ravaged by COVID we don't know who's going to be playing quarterback Antonio Gibson uh, did not practice on Wednesday I think he's got a toe thing going on who knows if that'll shake itself out uh, I just think this Dallas D- team is is going to have is knows it has to make a statement here and and show that it is a force to be reckoned with because I think there are a lot of people who are concerned like you said Drew about their offensive capability and their sort of erraticness this is an opportunity for them to make a statement against a decent team, probably a little bit below average, but a decent team at home and wrap up the division in the progress. So I have Dallas at um, minus 10 and a half here, but I wanted to bring up one other thing that I saw because I I saw this as I was looking at some of the game props for this and I I, I had to stop and scratch my head and I wonder if maybe I'm just a, a novice better idiot here or if one of you could shed a little light on this because I was considering an extra little bit of sprinkle. It's plus 200 um, for the answer to be no on whether a team scores three unanswered times. Does does that seem high to anybody else? Like, I mean, I get you could get three field goals in a row. That's fine. But to me, that just seems like it seems like it might be an okay play considering I, I just don't know how likely it is that it how frequently it, I really don't know like what are the percentages are the team scoring three unanswered times. Dangs, I look at this prop every Super Bowl, every <laughs> national championship, every big game. The math simpleness. If it's plus money, if if if, if the sports book is offering you two to one odds, if you reverse the math, how many times that happens, I'm sure it would be in the house's favor. Probably. That's all I gotta say about it. So, so sometimes it always looks good. But plus two hundred, I mean, that's it seems like great, right? Oh, but like I I, I remember better that one time on on uh, on the Chiefs uh, San Francisco Super Bowl. And I think San Francisco within the first half, three straight scores. Like, oh great. <laughs> um, so I would stay away from it. Trust me. If it's two to one, the math is probably not in your favor. But Dangles has Dallas minus ten and a half at home. Drew has Dallas team total twenty eight and a half under. And I have the game going under Dallas and football team forty seven and a half on the under. That's our Sunday night lock. Let us now move to the reason we're all here, the competition of the show. It is time for the King of the Coast for week sixteen that is coming up next. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. As you know, Schaefer the Sharp, it is the season of giving, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a Christmas present that you won't want to re-gift. Well, let's unwrap this, Tony Squares. New customers can bet just $5 on any of the four NFL teams playing on Christmas Day and win 150 in free 
bets if they're victorious. That sounds great. Sounds like you win some green and put some extra jingle in your pocket. Oh, ho, ho, ho. If the sports book isn't available in your state yet, your Christmas can still be merry. Well, what do you mean? Well, Tony Squares, everyone can play for... Huge cash prizes? With DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest, DraftKings is giving all new customers a... Free? Shot at... Millions of dollars? In total prizes with their first deposit. All you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code WCG. That's West Coast Gamblers WCG. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win on Christmas Day and win $150 in free bets if they're victorious. That's promo code WCG this Christmas at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You have to be 21 years or old in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer and restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details, and if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And one more time, that's promo code WCG. Merry Christmas, folks. West Coast Gamblers. The reason we are all here, King of the Coast for Week 16, each of the hosts is going to give out five bets for the Sunday slate. Three sides, one teaser, one total. We've been doing this all year long, and each of these bets are weighted. The first side we give out is one point. The second side is two points. That final side is the backup, the brakes truck, three-point kahuna. It's why Drew is still in this contest the teaser and the total are both worth two points a piece dangles you're in third place 66 on the year myself and drew both have 68 on the year three weeks remain 30 points to be had it all comes down to this let's start off with the one point side dangles I'm going to go to you first, my friend. You have 66 points in the year, but the best betting record on the show, win-loss. What's your one-point side for Week 16? Further proof that anyone can learn to bet. And it's good that we have a little excitement coming down the stretch here, fellas. I like that. It would be a lot less fun if it was just, I, I think you know, I deserve credit. I think between... I deserve credit. I Do you ever think you guys don't so deserve bad. credit, Listen, Tony Squares? I was beating you guys so bad. I even said on there I could take a week off and let, I, I'd still be leading. So congratulations. You guys have caught up to me. That's how bad I did was for you. No, it's it's when I stopped It's when I stopped sending you my picks for pre-production purposes so you can spit out a bunch of meaningless stats like a freaking puppet and then and then, you know, get get the squares, get the squares dust on the sharps picks. That's what happened. I love that's that you've fine. I love that you've turned your uh, your your struggles over the last few weeks into a positive here, Tony. Absolutely, keep looking at, keep looking everything at that. for the show. Keep looking at that glass half full. Okay, uh, one point side, gentlemen. I am taking the Colts money line at even money. The line is currently, as of the recording of this show, uh, uh, a point favoring the Cardinals. So it's basically a pick Now, you can get the Colts uh, plus one at minus 110, but a team can only win by one point, right? So if you lean into here like I do, I say take them on the money line instead of at even money and save, uh, rather take them on the money line instead at even money. Save yourself a dime there. The end of the season is not the right time to go cold, and that's what's happening to Arizona. Their offense looked dazed and confused against the Lions last week, and and meanwhile, the Colts are getting hot at the right time. Jonathan Taylor looks matchup-proof in the way that Derrick Henry is. Bill schemed last week to stop him, and they still ran all over us. So with the Colts getting hot at the right time, they're playing the Cardinals here who are not getting hot at the right time. 
I like the Colts money line here. Had to get a little action in on those Christmas Day games. I might have something to say about one of the other ones later on. I probably lean Packers minus seven and a half if I'm going to go with anything on the other uh, a Christmas Day game. But Colts Thank money you. line plus 100 is my one point side this week. I like it, Dangles. I like it a lot. You're 15 and 10 when taking the away team this year. Only three and four on Indianapolis games, but you are six and three on games involving the Arizona Cardinals. You're welcome, Drew, throwing the stats out there even without the pre-production my one point side this is a team that i've really fallen in love with they have no business being in the playoff hunt their team is sticks and stones a paper tiger completely and they're playing on monday night football against another team that is a complete paper tiger when it comes to playoff competitors but they're in the mix no idea what to believe in but i'm taking a team that i believe in the Miami Dolphins plus three at New Orleans. They've won six straight. They've won six straight. Our RPO offense with Tua just hoping the ball gets to where he throws. Jalen Waddle coming off the COVID list is a huge addition to this team. New Orleans, they blew their load shutting out Tom Brady and the and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Miami is on a roll. I don't know if they'll be able to pull this off, but I believe. And I'm trusting it for that one point side. Also because I know that these two idiots aren't going to make a bet of the Miami Dolphins this week. Only Tony Squares will. Let's go, Miami. Plus 1,200 to get the wild card. I believe in you. uh, Miami plus three at New Orleans is my one-point side. Shea for the Sharp, what do you got? You can't make this shit up. Podcasting is not a scripted forum. And I am a man of integrity. (laughs) I am a man of honor. I don't change my picks because I'm tied with the Squares or I'm, you know, (laughs) Dangles has a better percentage than my one-point side is the Miami Dolphins <laughs> at plus three. And here's the reason. I mean, the New Orleans Saints have been the ultimate zig and zag team every freaking week. That team sucks on offense. They can't do anything. And Tony said in our group chat, guys, the Saints, you wouldn't even believe it. They have not lost against Tampa Bay twice, the Green Bay Packers, and the New England Patriots. All You could, you could make an argument that those three teams – the Super Bowl minus the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah. minus the Kansas City Chiefs are probably the top three teams in football. Yeah, unbelievable. They've also lost their own four against the New York Giants, the Carolina Panthers, the Atlanta Falcons, and the Philadelphia Eagles when the Eagles sucked. So for me, a total of thirty-nine. You got a really, really hot Dolphins team. <laughs> you got Brian Flores. Makes no sense. I mean, you got to take the points here, especially at three <laughs> points. So. I will I will take Miami. I'm a little I'm a little irritated that the squares is on it as well. But I won't change my pick. I'm a man of honor, a man of integrity. Miami plus three, one point side. Speaking of changing picks as we move on now to the teaser portion of the show. Last week I changed but I I had Houston plus four, but I changed it for you, Urban. I changed it for you and you got fired mere hours after I gave that pick out. <laughs> Fuck you, Urban Meyer. Anyway, let's move finally, on to the teaser. Finally, finally, <laughs> he crawls out of Urban Meyer's ass. <laughs> the teaser version of the bet is when you take that, let's say, Miami plus three, and you get six to seven points to add to that total. So now it would be Miami plus nine. The trick is you got to take two bets, time together, hit them both to hit your teaser. We've been doing teasers all year. Dangles, 
You are the Miami Dolphins of teasers, my friend. You've won yeah. six straight. You've won seven of your last eight. You're Is killing the teaser game. Hey, they're hot right now, and you're hot with the teasers. Let's let's go with you first, my friend. What's the teaser for Week 16? Not sure if compliment or insult. Uh, all right, let's see if we can keep the streak alive here. But if you've been riding with me on teasers the last five, six weeks, you've been making some money. Uh, and I'm going to hope to help you out again here. All right. Uh, so my first leg, and then again, uh, let me let me reiterate. So what I what I my my formula that I've been doing is taking a, a a game where you got an underdog of like three points or less, teasing it up, and pairing it with a favorite, a heavy favorite, and teasing them down. I'm going to keep doing that until it doesn't work anymore. So my first leg is the Baltimore Ravens plus eight and a half at the Cincinnati Bengals. And frankly, I like them no matter who starts on Sunday. Tyler Huntley has proven himself as a a more than competent backup and maybe even better than some current starters in the NFL if we're being completely honest. The trick I think is to get on this as soon as possible because if Lamar Jackson plays, this line might very well shift and your teaser leg could be totally ruined. So jump on it as soon as you hear this if you like this. If he doesn't, you still got a competitive team at more than a touchdown against a Bengals team that's kind of been hot and cold over the last couple of weeks. So Ravens eight plus eight and a half up from plus two and a half is my first leg. And the second leg of my teaser, Tony Squares. If I have to take a side on this Packers game, I'm going to take them at seven and a half, but I'd much rather tie them up in a little teaser here, get them down to a point and a half against Cleveland. Packers have played, I think, in, in more, I mean, look, there haven't been a ton of them, but there are more close, I think we look at the Packers and are like, wow, this is an offensive juggernaut, they're a Super Bowl contender, and they have a very good defense, and all of those things are true, but six of their games have been decided by a touchdown or less this year, so they do allow teams to kind of climb back in sometimes in those late minutes. We saw that most recently, obviously, against the Ravens last week. So I'm going to tease them down to a point and a half. So again, my two legs here, the Ravens plus eight and a half against the Bengals and the Packers minus one and a half against the Browns. Uh, Dangles, I'm right there with you on the Green Bay part of the teaser. I'm putting them in the uh, in a teaser as well. Seven point teaser minus a half a point. Uh, Green Bay struggles against QBs that are mobile and teams yes. that have a solid passing game in the middle of the field. Cleveland does not have a quarterback that is mobile, and their passing game in the middle of the field is missing, especially if they have all those tight ends on COVID and hurt. And if I got Nick Mullins throwing the ball or broken in half, Baker Mayfield throwing the ball, I'm fine. Green Bay's winning that game minus a half a point. The second part, I struggled really hard to not take this side, so I just put him in a teaser as well. But the Chargers are so much better than the Houston Texans. The Chargers minus three is my second leg of the teaser. The reason why I didn't take the side Austin Eckler, obviously, in COVID protocol. They have some other players in COVID protocol on the Chargers side. Davis Mills has actually looked pretty uh, passable as a rookie quarterback. But the Houston passing defense has actually been pretty damn good over the season. And L.A. needs to win by passing the ball. They do run the ball okay, but they really like Herbert, especially on those third and longs that they consistently get stuck in to get out of the game by throwing lasers to Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Houston should be able to defend that pretty well. The talent disparity is just too big for them not to come away with the win here. LAC minus three and Green Bay minus a half a point is my teaser for the week. Shea for the sharp, what do you got? Guys, I'm going right back to Dangle's first leg. And if we have heard, we have learned anything about these Baltimore Ravens these last six weeks is they play freaking close games. Oh, they do. Since that Thursday night, since that Thursday night debacle against the Dolphins where one of those classic NFL games of 2021 that makes no sense. Yep. The Ravens go to Miami as big favorites and get beat 22 to 10. This is their margin of deficit or victory. Three, six, one, 
2-1. So John Harbaugh has a ton of pride, and Mr. Huntley subbing in for Lamar with Lamar's healthy. I mean, I personally like a healthy Huntley over Hobble Lamar. So I, you know, I think the revenge thing for John Harbaugh is a real thing here. We all remember back on October 24th when the Cincinnati Bengals came into Baltimore on, and, and the Ravens had, had had quite a win streak going. I believe they had won. Uh, I think I think they were I think they won four in a row. And Cincinnati wiped the floor with them, forty-one seventeen. Now that's only one of two games. Five that, in the a row. Thursday night game that five in a row. That, that that's only one of two games. The other one being that Thursday night in Miami, that Baltimore has even lost or won by a margin over eight. Or sorry, lost by a margin of eight. So I think this is a great spot for the Ravens. I kind of lean Ravens in this game. I really do. But to make it safe, I will tease them. Two plus eight and a half, like Dangles. And guys, <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings haven't lost a game by more than eight all year. They haven't lost a no. game by more than all year. Do now it. we get them at home. Don't I got the purple it. fever. Listen, the, the purple fever, the, this, this is my vaccine for purple Don't fever. This is my it. booster. This is my booster. Because here, look it. The Rams played on Tuesday, okay? They're on a five-day week. Minnesota extended their season by beating Chicago. They're still in it. And I just don't see how this game gets away from the Minnesota Vikings. So my official teaser, Minnesota plus eight and a half, Baltimore plus eight and a half. Let's go. Tease me. Please me. Do it. Lemon squeeze me. All right, let's move on to the two-point side. The teasers are done. It's time to take sides once more. And we have... Oh, man, it's the juiciest matchup of the week. The AFC's crown will be given out when New England hosts the Buffalo Bills. This is a game that yours truly, if it wasn't for that fucking COVID, would be attending in person, in person at Foxborough. But alas, I'll be watching at home with my fucking pajamas on. Merry Christmas to me. But it's going to be a hell of a game still. And the last time these two teams played, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer were embarrassed and got angry when asked about it. Sean McDermott said, don't give too much credit to Bill Belichick. He only outcoached me in every aspect of the game. Mac Jones had at two more completions than I did, and they still came away with the victory in Buffalo. And now they get to host the Buffalo Bills. And let me tell you, as a guy who hates this Buffalo team, as a guy who told you that they were going to come back down to earth, Josh Allen is not the MVP from last year. He's just a regular good quarterback. The team is not well put together. They can't run the ball at all. They have holes everywhere. Cole Beasley is unvaccinated. Eventually, he's going to go out for 10 days with COVID. All of that has come true. But he is nobody, sir, as I said, all of that has come true. But nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. And I am taking them to win this game and sadly take control of the wow. AFC East. I think New England, missing Kendrick Bourne for this game and missing a few players on their own, has started to come back down to earth. A little worried for Mac Jones' rookie of the year case in this game. I just think that Buffalo defense is is a well-coached team and will come up with some tricks to try and stop Damian Harris, who should return, Ramondre Stevenson, and the rest of that running game. The weather won't be as much of an element here. Josh Allen still should be able to throw the ball much better than he did the last time these two teams played. I think Buffalo stands much more of a chance to win this game. They got punched in the mouth. They got knocked to the ground. Now it's time to get back up. Buffalo plus two and a half at New England is my two-point side. Dangles, what do you got? 
I love that you spent like a minute trashing them before you took them to cover. Uh, I am going to go here with, uh, look, guys, last week the Tampa Bay Buccaneers went to New Orleans and they got embarrassed. They lost nine to nothing. Brady hasn't been shut out in what, 15 years? It's, you know, some, some ridiculous number like that. But if you don't think that he's been stewing over that all week long, then you don't know Tom Brady. I don't care that Tampa has the division locked up. I don't care that it's a big number. I am taking the Bucks at minus 10 against the lowly Carolina Panthers this week. Their defense, the Carolina defense, has not been as good as it was. They're on a four-game skid right now. Over that span, they've given up 27 to the football team, uh, 33 to Miami, 29 to Atlanta, and then 31 last week to the Bills. They're still a top-10 defense in terms of DVOA, but I honestly think this is less of an issue of talent and cohesion out there and more one of frustration and exhaustion after having to watch that offense go out there on the field and just struggle to score every time they have have the football or even look competent uh, the way and it's just got, it's got to be demoralizing to a defensive unit Stefan Gilmore is questionable AJ Bouye just got put on IR that's ha- that hamstrings an already injury depleted Carolina secondary and Matt Rule says Cam Newton's gonna start but Sam Darnold is also gonna play Absolutely. I, I feel like I feel like there's a reason that oh, teams don't have, it's don't, the have Call- don't have quarterback uh, by committee here I, I think a lot of people probably are going to jump on the Panthers here as 10 point home dogs especially with Tampa missing Chris Godwin and Leonard Fournette so maybe call me a contrarian but we all know that lacking wide receivers has not ever really been an issue for Tom Brady and if you run your route right he's going to hit you this is a revenge game for Tampa they are going to come in and wallop the Panthers I've got the Bucks minus 10 on the road here shave the sharp close us out which is two points side well, Tony squares we're two for two on our first bets in the king of the coast that were in the same game however oh. however however what you said is mostly true about the bills everyone knows here that i love dogs i love getting points and i love the buffalo bills and josh allen but looking at this game new england Patriots at minus two and a half i think it's almost unprecedented in nfl history to know that this team beat their opponent they're playing on Sunday by literally not using an aspect of their offense mm-hmm. by not throwing. Mm-hmm. They just didn't throw. Mm-hmm. So, in essence, this is the first time the Bills are seeing Mac Jones. The Patriots have seen Josh Allen for four years now. And last year, I'll m- never forget, laying a decent number on the Bills on the road in Foxborough. I think it was to clinch the division, and Cam Newton was just – Horrible. And the Bills <laughs> ran up the score against the Patriots. I remember looking over the sidelines and Bill Belichick just looking miserable. And it was kind of like Ed Borak talked about in preseason. It was, it was a new sheriff was in town. The Bills were grabbing hold of that AFC East and taking control. And this is Bill Belichick's chance to get that division, to regain the top and the crown. And obviously after a tough loss on Thursday night with a couple extra days to prepare – and really not having one aspect of his game in, in, in the rookie of the year, Mac Jones, to even be able to throw the ball. I love the Patriots here. I really do. Minus two and a half. It'll be my oh two-point side. Give me New England. Minus two and a half. I think the Patriots find a way to get it done in Foxborough, win the division. The Bills are going to be the team no one wants to see on the road in the playoffs. But I think the AFC East is New England's to win this year. I like the Patriots. Minus two and a half for two points. 
Kendrick Bourne, COVID, Nelson Aguilar, concussion, Nikhil Harry, concussion. If you're going to see Mac Jones, it's going to be to the tight ends and some dudes they signed off the street playing wide receiver. Gunnar Olszewski, you're ready to have the game of your life. <laughs> Matthew Slater finally going to make an appearance but on let's the wide receiving on. core. Let's... And somehow that line went up from the opening. Somehow it went up despite all that. Let's move on to the total, the square. It's because Cole Beasley's out. Cole Beasley's a line mover, okay? The total. The total of the week, it is time for the squares bet we make. This is two points towards the King of the Coast rankings. Dangles, you talked about this game uh, in your two-point side. You don't know how Carolina is going to score. Cam Newton's out there. Sam Darnold's out there. I almost took Carolina team total under 16.5. Just Tom Brady has been giving the ball up so much more than he's used to that I could see a, a quick pick six from Carolina screwing me over in that team total. If I could take Carolina's offense to score less than a number, I would take it in a heartbeat. Instead, I'm going to Christmas Day. Indy and Arizona are going to play a tight game that I don't know who's going to come out on top. Both of these teams are playoff material. Both of these teams need to have this W. And Indy's going one way. Arizona's going the other way. Arizona is 8-0 in games that they score 23 points or, or uh, more than 23 points. I don't think they get to that number in this game. Indy's defense is too good against the pass, especially with all the injuries Arizona has. On the flip side... Carson Wentz only threw five times for 12 yards against those Patriots, and they won the game on the back of their defense and Jonathan Taylor breaking games open late. I think that's their recipe for success, and I think Arizona has the players to make Carson make mistakes, so Frank Reich's going to want to keep the ball in Jonathan Taylor's hands, take time off the clock, all that good stuff. It's going to be a fun game to watch. Not a lot of points on the board, in my opinion. Indian Arizona under 49 is my total of the of the week i took two overs last week lost them both i won't be taking an over for the rest of the year dangles stop 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 i'm a man of integrity i'm a man of honor what is my you can't see it on my sheet here my total literally on christmas day i'm going to christmas day and i'm playing under 49 in arizona in indianapolis i would have been pissed at tony squares if i would have sent the picks pre-production because I thought uh, he would copy yeah, yeah, but I, apparently ever since I stopped but, but sending the picks Tony Square stopped I mean, stealing what the hell? all of my picks do, 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 do. I, would, I, I, I would give a similar handicap but I think the squares nailed this one I think this is, th- this number is way too high for these two teams thank you and listen if we if we know anything about the NFL it's you like to back good teams off an absolute dud now the Cardinals probably had the dud of the year <laughs> minus the Bills losing at Jacksonville getting just a train ran on him in 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 uh in Ford Field against the Motor City Kitties, but again Christmas Day, <laughs> Christmas evening. I mean, this is essentially you know in 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 some world this is a could be a Super Bowl matchup, right? Yeah. And I just think this is a very intense game. Arizona now needs to win to regain uh control of the NFC West, and Indianapolis is fighting for their life for the playoffs. So yeah, I think this is a playoff type game with Jonathan Taylor with ball control. And I, I don't think it can be overstated the lack of offensive punch the Cardinals have without DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. I mean, it could, it completely changes that dynamic of the offense. Yeah. So, yes, Tony Squares, we are going to be aligned as brothers here for two picks. If you get my back of the brink struck bet, I might cry. I don't think you will, though, but – under 49 is my total for Arizona and Indianapolis. <laughs> that knowing how you hate certain teams, there's no chance we have the same brink struck bet. Dangles finishes out with the total, my friend. 
Well, since you two are playing Mash the Castle Towers over there with all your bets today, I'm going to go in a completely different direction and talk about a different game. I'm going to stay on the under train, though, because those have been profitable this year. They're 123 and 97 on the season so far. Unders are. I am instead going to a, a game with two teams that I just... I just don't think can put points on the board. It's a low number, um, but I, these two teams, I just I don't see how they get there. I've got the Bears and the Seahawks under 43 <laughs> points at minus 115. I've got no clue what to expect from Seattle's offense. They have no rush game to speak of. Ty Lockett's on the COVID list. Russ is all over the place uh, this year, not Mr. Unlimited. And, and the Bears are just a straight-up bad football team, and they will be as long as Matt Matt Nagy is still their head coach. Their offense isn't cohesive. We've (laughs) wondered ad nauseum on this podcast at why he won't change the offense to match Justin Fields' skill set better, and they can't close drives out. They're 29th in the league in red zone scoring percentage. I see this game going under. It's going to be low scoring. I've got the Bears and the Seahawks under 43 points. Punts, 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 punts. So we follow a uh, big-time Chicago Bears reporter on Twitter, Brian Perry. And uh, uh, <laughs> I I feel bad for the guy because I run most of the Twitter account with the West Coast Gamblers. As always, I'm an avid Packers fan. And anytime Perez comes up and says something about the Bears, I usually take it with a grain of salt because they know he's reporting to Bears faithful. But there was during the Green Bay game, their uh, tackle goes down and their young tackle, Tevin Jenkins, whom they drafted with a 38th overall pick, comes in and he just tweets out, it's Tevin Jenkins time. And now every time Tevin Jenkins gets a holding call or a false start or any mental mistake, I just retweet that it's Tevin Jenkins time. And it really makes me laugh so much. Tevin Jenkins, by the way, was the one that got into the fight with the uh, Minnesota Vikings player after Justin Fields got hit late. And then a fadey comes over the Bears guard and starts beating up Tevin Jenkins. Like, what are you doing getting a penalty for us? Listen, Tevin Jenkins time is awesome. I love that under dangles. I almost took it myself. Chicago is my favorite team to watch. They're so bad. But it's time to back up the Brinks truck. This is worth three points to the King of the Coast total. Schaefer the Sharp has been killing his Brinks Trucks bet. It's why he is tied with me, even though he sucks at gambling. But it is time for the Brinks Truck total. And uh, this one's easy for me. This one jumped out at me, and I don't care. I do not care that I'm betting for a team that has cost me so much money this year, and I'm betting against a team that might be the best team in the league. I don't care. Okay, I'm still doing it because it's an age-old saying. It's so good, such a good saying they made it into a song. You don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't spit into the wind. And when the team is bereft with COVID, you don't give Ben seven. Big Ben and the Pittsburgh Steelers plus seven and a half is a gimme bet. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Mike Remmers, the tackle, the starting kicker in Kansas City. And that's just today at the time of recording. We know how this COVID stuff works. There could be 17 more COVID cases tomorrow in Kansas City. It is taking over their team. And Pittsburgh needs this W. Kansas City's fine. They're going to win their division. They're probably going to take that one seat, especially if New England and Tennessee lose. Kansas City's fine. They can lose a game. Pittsburgh can't. They need this game, and all they do is stay in these motherfuckers. They are the Minnesota Vikings of the AFC. They just keep these games close. The defense is really good. Big Ben is terrible. Craziest stat that I heard is Pittsburgh averages 10.4 points for the first three quarters of the game. That's bad. Then they average 10.1 in the fourth quarter. So if we just keep it close in the fourth quarter, I'm winning this bet. Back up the Briggs truck, Pittsburgh plus seven and a half. I love it. 
Sorry for the COVID, Kansas City. Get well soon. Dangles, Brinks truck before we go to Shea for the Sharp. Well, you know, I was surprised that this game is projected as only two and a half points. And I was even more surprised that my forecast had this game as basically uh, a pick uh, Because I think one team is clearly, clearly better than the other team in this one. I've got the Rams minus two and a half at the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, first of all, and I want to be really clear about this, guys. And I'm, so I'm going to get really close to my mic and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this really clear. The Vikings are frauds. They're frauds. They play close games, and that's the only reason this line is this close. The Rams are far and away, far and away a better football team on uh, uh, than, the, than the Minnesota Vikings are. And I admit, the price on Minnesota here is alluring. A home dog by less than a field goal at plus money currently through our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. And we talk about a lot on this pod about how hungry dogs bark louder. I get all that, but the stakes are wicked high here. I'm not sure I trust Kirk Cousins and this Vikings team that seems to be sweating it down to the wire in just about every game that they play to get the job done against this Rams team that, yes, has had its struggles, but is still an offensive juggernaut in this league with a more than formidable defense. And in a close game like this that it's expected to be, I am riding with the more consistent team with the better quarterback. The Rams also know the Cardinals have a tough game on their hands against Indianapolis. And if Indy or and if Arizona loses that game and the Rams are able to pull it out against Minnesota, the Rams vault into the lead in the division. They know that. They are playing for the division lead. They're in the playoffs anyway, but they still want to win that division. I think the Rams cover two and a half points against the Minnesota Vikings. Dangles, I've lost almost every game I bet on the Rams this year, and that's why I didn't take that bet. I love it. I'm right there with you. And I'm actually really mad that I messed up my rhyme. You don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't spit into the wind. And if your team's bereft with COVID, you can't give seven to Ben. That was what I was supposed to say. Shea for the Sharp, what do you got? Thanks, Dr. Seuss. Um, well, <laughs> I am going uh, to Sunday night. And last week, I played my Dallas Cowboys as back of the Brinks truck bet. And they came through, and I was very happy for that. But the only reason that they came through is because they were playing the New York football Giants, and that game came down to the absolute wire. And Dallas was giving ten, or they were, yeah, they were giving ten and a half on the road. And tonight, uh, I'm sorry, Sunday night, they will be giving ten and a half at home to the Washington football team, coming off a very intense uh, COVID short week, coaches, and again. The football team still has a pulse, and their pulse is they need to win out to have any shot at the playoffs. Yep. And I think this is the kitchen sink game for the football team. This is Ron Rivera's flag in the sand. This is Taylor Heineke playing for a contract. This is Antonio Gibson showing he can be a premier back in the NFL. And I just think the numbers agree. Just 10.5. Who are the Cowboys to be laying 10.5? I don't think so. Back up the Brinks up. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. Washington football team plus 10 and a half, baby. Let's keep it 10 or low, 10 or less. Washington football team plus 10 and a half. That is the backup of the Brinks truck. Do we need to do a beer bet here? Because well, I, I have I have Dallas minus ten and a half as one of my sides. I'll be I'll whatever you want, Danks. I'll be free free ad to Stella. I'll be uh, happy to announce Schaefer the Sharp's favorite part of the show is where I bring up stats where he's terrible at. He's three and yeah. five betting on the Washington football team this year and two and seven when betting on the Dallas Cowboys this year. But that's his backup to Bringstruck number, and that is it for the King of the Coast, and that is it for the West Coast Gamblers Week 16 show. For Tony Cavallo, for Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, for Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookston, sponsored by DraftKings, promoted by Evergreen. Very happy to be there, and as always, thank you for listening. West Coast, West Coast, West Coast.
Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at Pit Pass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast. <laughs>